Yeah. That's the dream. Are you but cutting all he does hair? Is call <laughs> Can you tell? No, I was going to say it looks good. I was going to say your hair looks good. And I know most guys are like cutting their own right now. I am cutting my own, but it's, I'm just shaving my head. That looks good. I like it. I Thank you. I shaved my head like a month ago, like down to like the scary American history X level, you know, like, cause it's the only way I know how to do it. Yeah. Cause you know, if you have any hair, then you just go right back over it. Yeah. And now I have it like a month out. I was thinking about just growing it out the whole quarantine and see if I look like a Muppet at the end or how it's going to go. But I don't think I can do it to myself. It's too much. Well, you Are you cutting time. your own hair? You got time to experiment? No. I think I'll just no. let it go. We'll mm. see. See how long we're in here. Yeah, we're all going to come out with dreadlocks and bellies, and it's going to be great. I know. Trying not to gain That's weight. That's what it's I want to see. Hard. I want to see the people... I'm only buying salads and chicken breasts. Like, that's it. I'm, like, really trying hard to not. Because I did that, like, the first week, and then I was like, I want a sweet. So I bought, like, an apple pie, thinking I would, like, divide it through time. That apple pie, I ate, like, half of it the first hour it was home. And, (laughs) (laughs) And then I, like, put it away. I was like, no. No more of that. And then the next day for breakfast, it was apple pie. You know, like, and I was like, okay, I can't trust myself with sweets. And I've been the same way. I've been nervous about what I put in my fridge. But then at the same time, like, I don't usually eat like frozen foods, like pizzas and stuff. But when this first mm-hmm. happened, I was like, oh, I better stock up. So then I stocked up my freezer with a bunch of food, pizza rolls, and <laughs> like hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> That's on you. You're like, I'm worried about what I'm eating. So I got a lot of. Pizza rolls and hot pockets. No, I'm saying so. I haven't eaten them yet. I'm saying I just yeah. I wanted to buy frozen stuff because I didn't know what was going to happen if the store might close or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So you're prepared yourself for the Jim Gaffigan diet. I'm still going. Yeah, I'm holding off on eating that junk, but it's tempting. But I'm still going and getting like carrots and stuff at the store. But you know, just in case, I wanted to have some freezer food. I think you should dabble on the freezer food a little bit. Mix know. it up a little. But it's like you said, like if I make one of those pizzas and I'm like, but I'll just have a slice now and later. It's the same as the pie. When I was in my 20s, I remember once buying a frozen pizza, taking it out of the oven and about to cut it. And then I was like, I'm not sharing this with anybody. And I folded it like a taco. (laughs) (laughs) The whole effing thing. And I ate it. I ate the whole thing like a taco and watched the movie. (laughs) That's what a lot of people are doing right now, I bet. Oh, I know. Somebody's going to be listening to this and they're just like, I've never had taco pizza. So it great. is time. Yeah, we're either all going to, I've heard it called the COVID-19. We're going to either gain or lose 19 pounds each. I can't uh, wait to see what people look like after their own devices. You know, whether they're going to be alcoholics or fat or skinnier and healthier than ever. It's yeah. really going to show you what level of peer pressure you're at. Do you have any bad vices that are like you're trying not to engage in? Like you said, like alcohol or. I've actually probably drank more now than I did before, but that's also because I drink so little. Yeah. I probably have like six drinks a year. And I think I've had, yeah, I barely drink. Oh. You'll notice you'd never see me drunk. Yeah, I didn't think I ever did, but I mean, I only thought, you know, I didn't hang out. I know, but you see me in a lot of bars. 
but I didn't think you were a drinker. No, and so I've had like four drinks in these last four weeks. I just didn't know which, if like you smoked pot or. No, 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 no. My big vice is really sugar. It's the, I'll like binge a little junk food, and especially yeah, if I'm stressed, like- I'll do it like often. Yeah, I feel like everybody's got something. Yeah, whether it's food, cigarettes, mm-hmm. alcohol. It's food, which is why I'm trying to keep healthy foods in the house. So the other day, because I'm only been buying like fruits, vegetables, chicken breast, salad stuff. I was like, I felt the need to binge. So I ended up just eating like four oranges, which part of me is like, you shouldn't eat four oranges. But then I was also like, no, regular Aaron would have done something like bought like two candy bars and then like gotten a hamburger somewhere like this is this is fine no you're doing good i'm trying it's because i'm worried i don't want to be i'm a little guy when i gain 10 pounds it looks like a person gained 30 pounds yeah that's true and you're a little bit shorter i guess yeah that makes it more difficult a little bit shorter that's very nice of you you're only a little bit shorter than me yeah I'm yeah but tall. <laughs> no, I'm five, oh, what is <laughs> You're you're five eight. Yeah. You want to guess what my height is? Five six. Five three. Are you five three? Yeah, the confidence okay. just leads the rest. Yeah, I did not think you were five three. No, I'm I'm tiny, as far as like height goes. You're gonna take notice now. I am shorter than ninety six seven percent of the people you know. <laughs> I'm short you for again a girl. In person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going to be great when we see each other in person again. I can't wait to sit next to you at another open mic or a Universal Bar and Grill show. We just watch people flop around up there. Universal Bar and Grill. I know. That's what we do. My fave. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to appreciate it so much now. (laughs) I know. I feel so bad that Crispy's going to have like a birthday where no one shows up. I know. He loves his birthday at Universal Bar and Grill. I know. I've gotten him a present like the last three or four years. I'm sure he'll still celebrate it whenever they open again. More than they want. Absolutely. (laughs) I feel like that's one of those places where they could like, Kellyanne is there and she's secretly sneaking in just a few people at night or something. (laughs) I saw a video of her like two days ago at the Universal Bar and Grill. I I think she's still working. Do you feel like there's probably a lot of dive bars that are doing that? Like yes. when they have like a lot of regulars and they sort of just like sneak some people in it. Uh, yeah, a million work. percent. I do think they are doing that. Yeah, I think that I've seen a couple of videos of my friends drinking beers in bars, dancing. In California? Yeah, in my neighborhood. The bars have like nobody in them. So it's like, all right, they must know the bar owner. Yeah, that's what I would think. It's just that the owner... Yeah, so it's not necessarily the social distancing, the problem. So, But they're just like, if you're a bar owner and you have that bar, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd probably be tempted, sure. Yeah. I wonder what the the fine is for that if you get caught. Oh, I mean... Do you think it's a big fine? Like, Do you think it's as big as like losing your liquor license or something? It is if it's a regular, even in regular times. Because have you ever been to a bar and then they close up and then you stay there? Yeah, like once or twice. I haven't done it much, but yeah. I used to, when I first turned 21, there was a bar in Santa Monica. I won't say who. I don't even think they're in business anymore. They would, some days at two o'clock, 
be like, hey, uh, we need to leave to get everyone else out of here. And then you just come back and then they'd like have the back door open and you'd stay there for another hour. And then some days are like, no, I really got to close. But that would happen regularly. And like, I know that they were always like, Shh, we got to be really quiet. We can't play any music when this happens. Because if we get caught, we're losing our liquor license. But since there's quarantine, I don't think the police care as long as there's not a gathering. Yeah, I think they're probably pretty easy going. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been arrested? Yes. <laughs> you look scared that I asked. You're like, oh, no. Are you allowed to say why? Was it fun? No, it's, I mean, it's LA. It's a DUI. Oh, okay. Years That's ago. a barely thing. Yeah. Many years ago. So, I don't yeah. know. Like, the way you hung out at that bar the other day, I was like, I don't know. You may have gotten kicked out of a stadium or something. <laughs> the way I hung out at what? And Tempe, when you're, like, dancing crazy, you're just trying to, like, put on a fun show for, like, us to laugh at. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was fun. And I could see, like, if you were, like, at, like, a Chargers game, just dancing super hard well, and having a beer. Also, in Tempe, I hated those places we were going. That's, like, my worst nightmare. Yeah. Those clubs. So that's why I was like, you know what? I can either be miserable here or I can you take a parody of it and just have fun. I hate clubs like that. Oh, you saved my night that night. I don't like bars in general. Yeah, I'm more of a, the I mean, average I like bar. A, yeah, a dive bar. I'm cool with where, where it's or just like a cool Irish bar where the music is kind of low, like that mm-hmm. loud club stuff. I'm just like, yeah. But we were good wingmen. We were great wingmen. I think I, I don't know if anybody got laid, but you know, like everyone had fun. Really? I don't. I don't we're remember. Not, we're not gonna name names. Did people go home together? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I know I didn't, but <laughs> yeah, I know I didn't. I was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody got lucky every night. There's a. There was only three of us, so. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to figure out that third person. <laughs> Maybe. That was so much fun in Tempe, though. I love that club. Oh yeah, it's great. Tempe Improv's perfectly located. So much it's like fun. right next to some fun things. And then like the little area is cool. It was cool. We walked around quite a bit. It was awesome. My first stand-up experience ever was at the Tempe Improv. Really? It was, yeah. Before I ever did an open mic, I stood in line for Last Comic Standing. And oh, it was at the Tempe Improv. You weren't living out there, right? I was living in Tucson. Oh, okay. Wow. So I knew I wanted to do comedy. I knew that I didn't think open mics were the way to start, which I was wrong. If anyone's listening and they think that's the right way to start, I was wrong. Open you mics started are the way to by start. auditioning for an NBC show? Yeah, I started an NBC show. That is hilarious. I stood in line Especially for like two if days. if you had gotten on. Oh my God, that would have, people would have murdered me. That would have been amazing though. Oh, no, but like I stood in line for like, it was 48 hours. Like I slept on the street for a couple of days to do it. Jesus. How did it and go? awful on the first day i realized that i was not prepared to do what i was about to do well the only reason i could see you possibly getting on is because the audition is only two minutes so let's say even if it's your first time you have a funny joke and and you're naturally funny so i could totally see it happening that's why it would be mm-hmm. hilarious i tried too hard i was just going up there and i think i was you remember when you've seen someone go for the first time and they're just going too hard yeah that's exactly what i did i uh, 
thank you for saying I'm naturally funny. I definitely was not naturally funny on stage for the first two years. It was very stiff and learning how to like do it and learning how to like just accept that that's okay to be a little loose. But when I was in line, I remember asking people, I was like, uh, wait a second. So let's say you win the whole thing and they offer you a sitcom. What would your sitcom be? And everybody in line was like, I don't know. And you're like, then why are we here? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, none of us know what we're doing. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, because then I was also like, I realized, I was like, I've never done stand-up. What am I going to do? Headline? I can't headline. What made you commit to sitting on the street for 48 hours if you had never done stand-up? I thought by doing that, I'd figure out if it was a thing that I could do or not. Oh. I didn't think I, I didn't think I was going to get on the show. And so, actually, I would say it helped me start because I was hanging out with a couple of people. A couple of them are road headliners. And in conversation, I was as funny, if not funnier than a lot of them. And so then I was like, okay, if I just hone it, I have, I have the skill. I just haven't learned how to make it a skill yet. Gotcha. So I got that out of it, and that was more valuable than anything. When you went back to Tucson, did you go to an open mic pretty soon, or did you wait a while? Years. I years. Waited years. Yeah. I, uh, I waited like two more years, but in that time, I grew obsessed with comedy and I watched every, like I literally watched every Comedy Central half-hour special. When Netflix first was streaming, they put the whole run of it on. Oh. And so... And so I watched that whole run. I watched everything that they had. And then I started on the weekends driving to Los Angeles and going to the clubs and then watching the open mics. And I went and I did that for like six months before I even got up. My first open mic was in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I drove from Tucson like every other weekend. My God, it's like seven hours, isn't it? Yeah, to watch open mics. Wow, that's commitment. Uh, kind of. I also still wasn't going on stage, so I wasn't doing myself the service. And wow. then I went to the local, I went to Laughs. You've been there, right? Yes, of course you have. Yeah. And then I went to Laughs and asked them about open mics, and they said they only had one a week, but everyone I talked to said you need to make it a thing you do every day. So then I was like, oh, I have to move. And so instead of starting in Tucson, I moved to Los Angeles. I have a great story about Laughs. <laughs> oh, please. I went up there once. At this, I don't even know how long ago seven years maybe eddie pence was headlining and he's a good friend of mine he was co-headlining with another comedian that's local so he was like why don't you come and host just so that they can get to know you and you know it doesn't pay much but you can stay with uh the one guy was super nice he passed away but gary yeah and he let people comics stay in his house so yeah so i went so eddie and i on the way first of all we didn't realize it was time change Mm mm-hmm so it was an hour, Tucson was an hour ahead of us here in LA. Also, we ran out of gas on the way there. So we're getting, we're barely Wait, getting- two things real fast. One, <laughs> it's only time change six months out of the year. So it's definitely confusing. I have to check yeah. every time still. Two, there's gas stations in between here and there. That's on you guys. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely. And guess what? We <laughs> ran out of gas on the way back too. That's how dumb we are. Okay, perfect. All right, keep going. So anyway- uh, we're realizing that we're barely going to make it in time for the show. Like the shows at eight, we'll probably get there at five to eight. Okay. So he's calling the owner guy. I think his name was Gary too, right? 
Gary yeah. Bynum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, there's Gary Bynum and Gary Hood. Oh, so Gary Bynum, he's so mad. Meanwhile, there's co-headliners. So yeah, Eddie's barely get, he's gonna make it right when the show starts, but you have mm-hmm. you know, you have your other guy and uh and there's a feature and whatever. So we're telling him we're like, we should be there like right at eight. We'll be there. We get there and he brings us into the office. And he gets like right up in Eddie's face and just starts yelling at him about how irresponsible and how he's he's not going to go on stage tonight. Hmm. And he got and he got in his face and he goes, "Word, that's like verbatim what he said." He's like, "Tucson, don't fuck around." <laughs> <laughs> For years after that, me and Eddie would just be like, "Tucson, don't fuck around." <laughs> oh, we don't fuck around. They were always so strict with us. They gave us a lot of rules, and I had to learn I mean, to post get it. made up by them. You should always be to a show a half hour early. Like, I get mm-hmm. it. But we were in constant contact with him being like, you know. I mean, he, But they he gave us stuff. weird rules, like, for the open mic there, because I ended up moving back for, like, six months because I couldn't find a job in L.A. when I first came out here. And so I was part of the scene there for only six months. But to get on the open mic, you have to call at noon. And then they want you to get there an hour early and line up. And then they want you to bring your friends and then they like make this list that they don't put up until five minutes before. Uh, and you're like, what's the point of all the other things? It's one or the other. Am I calling or am I standing in line? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And then he if you got like, it anymore, right. Does his son do it or something? His son mostly runs it, but he still owns it. And then of course, hoodie passed away. Yeah. Hoodie was a nice, I've never been back since then. I oh, emailed I mean, to go back, and he was like, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to have you come host again. I'm not sure. I don't think you uh, did well, according to the comment cards. And I was just like, oh, fuck off. I'm not going to drive from L.A. to Tucson to host for you again. Mm-hmm, for 100 bucks for a weekend? I mean, I was already working pretty regularly as a feature and, like, doing some headlining stuff. So it's like, not that I'm, like, too good for that, but I'm like, his email, the way he worded it in the email, too, was just dickish. Like, not cool. Everybody's got a story about them sending an email that just comes off awful. And I don't mean that in a way like, oh, they probably meant well. No, they talk awful in their emails. They're yeah. really rude. Um, yeah, There's a lot I of comics to... that praise that club and they love it and they think it's you know, a great place to perform. So I'm not totally putting down the club or anything. Just I'm from Tucson and somebody from the club will listen to this and I'm openly going to say it took me a while to realize that comedy is not laughs in Tucson and I don't have to like get my validation from that building. Do you still like, go back to, and perform there? Almost never. Oh. The the scene's really welcoming to me, but they always act like I'm a brand new person they've never met before. And it's just you can only meet somebody for the first time so many times before you go. They're just not gonna remember. Yeah. There's no other clubs around there, right? In that area? No, like that. there's not. I mean, yeah, there's like three or four in Phoenix, but there's nothing really in Tucson. There's a lot around Phoenix and Scottsdale. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's crazy. If that existed 10 years ago when I moved out to Los Angeles, I would have moved to Phoenix instead. Yeah. For sure. Good... All right. Maybe we I, should I... move to Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to just move outside. If we could just have outside again. How are, you, city. how are you doing? Are you Have you done any online shows? I haven't done it. I can't imagine enjoying it. I know people are like pushing themselves to do it, but I really, you've watched me on stage. I enjoy talking to the audience. 
I also don't have this feeling of like, I got to perform. Like, I just don't feel that way. I feel that way about writing right now. So like, are you writing? And you're like, well, everything I'm writing is about what I'm currently living through. And as soon as this is over, nobody wants to hear about this anymore. Yeah. Writing too many quarantine jokes is not going to be too productive. I think the productive part is the second we're out, we're going to all write jokes about getting back out in society again. And those are the ones that the audience wants to hear because that's what they're going through at the same time. Oh, I never thought about that. You're right. Yeah. So we just have to sit around, take this in, and then when we go outside, remember those things to bring that's that together. That's a good point. I didn't yeah. That. Think about what you want to talk to a person about, and that's what you want to talk to the audience about. Smart. Very just smart. just all people. Okay. I'm going to do a little segment with you, and then we're going to get out of here, Jen. Oh, what's the segment? Do you know who Jonathan Franks is? Jonathan Franks? He played Riker on Star Trek The Next Generation. It's okay. The answer can be no. It doesn't affect any of this. Never seen it. Oh, my God. Uh, Star Trek is a really popular space show. It started I know what it is. I just never... <laughs> That'd be great if I never even heard of it. <laughs> yeah. And so there was a popular character on Next Generation. He got his own show that was kind of like Rescue 911 except it was only about paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. And every episode, he started off with like this monologue with these questions. And I'm going to ask you three of those questions. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to make one of these a good one to start off with. Here we go. Have you ever visited a truck stop? Yes. Okay. I did not realize it was going to be such yes or no. Oh, I'm so- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do I? I No, all of these can be answered like yes or no, but at the same time, it's also like there's no good truck stop stories from Jen Murphy on that note. The Flying J has delivered nothing to you. (laughs) My God, I love the Flying J. There's another one. What's what's the other one? Loves. Loves. I love loves. I always, if I take a road trip and there's a Flying J, loves is my favorite though. Loves is my favorite. They have their own brand of beef jerky that I love. I do that thing where you're on a road trip and so you're like, I'm going to eat shit because it's fun. And I like, of course. Getting, I like getting those things that are rolling, the taquito, the big taquitos that are on the roller. That's disgusting. Disgusting. Oh, I know, but they're good. <laughs> now, listen, they do have those at 7-Eleven where I go every day and I've never bought one ever. It's just like a road trip thing at Love. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And like when I go to work, people eat those all the time for lunch at work and they're disgusting people. No, if I ate them here, I would think I was disgusting, but it's one yeah. of those indulgences. And then I like to listen when they call the guys to take a shower. Like, number 37, your showers. <laughs> <laughs> I always like, you don't get this experience. As a man, when you go to the bathroom in those places, there's always like dudes shaving because they just got out of the shower. So you get that experience. Where there's like a guy with a towel around his waist and he's like shaving and you're just like doing the regular peeing business. And you're like, for some reason, this is weirdly comfortable. Everyone's like super vulnerable, so no one's gonna fuck with no one. Tow truck life would be lonely, but there's some times when it looks like, all right, I might be able to do that. <laughs> I think any road comic could be a truck stop driver for sure. Yeah, because we're used to it's a similar lifestyle, except they're sitting in a truck instead of sitting at home like we do a lot. Yeah, when except when they go to the place. Yeah, you have an hour of work to do whenever you get to wherever you're going to. They have eight hours of work to do when they get there. So maybe a little more validating. All right, next question. Do you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? 
Yes. I believe it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. A famously tall man. Yes. I'm guessing at a basketball game. No. I was working as a caterer, and I catered Mm -hmm. an event where he was the speaker. And it was a small event. Mm -hmm. I saw him really close. The thing about him, because I've seen I've seen Shaq up close in Hollywood, and I've seen Magic Johnson, but they were they're like they're really tall, but they're big. But yeah. he's so skinny and so tall, and his head he is he looks like he would what an alien, I think, would look like if he like. And his hands were like huge. Like yeah. probably like five times the size of like a normal hand. And they're just so skinny. It was just so odd. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, when you see somebody gigantically tall, which by the way, isn't super tall in the sense of like a six foot man is not like, we're not like, that's a tall man. He's just a six foot man. But a seven foot man is like, oh my God, everyone's turning around and looking at him. And the difference is only about this bit. I know. Like I said, I, remember, I think it's also just the extremities. Like everything was mm-hmm. just so oh, exactly. long. Yeah, so everything's bigger. Which I remember Jeff had that conversation with me once where we're like, oh yeah, a tall guy's only this much bigger than a regular sized guy. Have you ever noticed that? I'm like, yeah, you're literally 12 inches taller than me. He's pretty tall though. Yeah. No, exactly. I'm 5'3 and he's 6'4. He's 13 inches taller than me. If somebody was 13 inches taller than him, it'd be the tallest man we've ever seen our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. For sure. I can't wait okay. to see you in person because I really don't remember you being that short. Um, thank you. What a nice compliment for a short man to get. <laughs> Fun fact about me, I don't mind or care that I'm short. People are always really cautious about that. They think it's like a trigger as if one day I was tall and I've now had an accident where I'm short. And so I'm like mad about it. It's like, no, I've been short my whole life. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I feel like... Most, yeah, I've, I mean, I've definitely come in contact with some short guys who you can tell have a real attitude and they're pissed. Like they're trying, they're cocky, trying to make up. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I feel like the hardest part would be probably just women. Like if, do you date a lot of women that are taller than you or do you feel like you always have to find somebody that's a shorter woman too? Uh, I feel like all of my girlfriends have been taller than me. Oh, good. Uh, no, maybe one was shorter, but it's like, clearly I can't make height an issue. But I feel like that's why most short men are angry. I feel like it's only because of women. They're like, there's nothing else in life that really changes that much by being short, unless you want to be a basketball player. But yeah. Don't you think that's where a lot of their anger comes from when shorter guys are really angry dudes? So the whole incel stuff? What? The incel people. There's an incel group of people that are like super mad because women don't fuck them, but they don't fuck them because they have awful personalities. So it's a double... It's just a double whammy. Gotcha. I'm glad you have a because great personality. Me too. Or else I'd be one of them. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. How much money would it take for you to spend the night in the cemetery? Like just sleep out in the open on the grass? Mm-hmm. Grave? That's on you. See, because when I heard this question, I used to work in a cemetery. And I'm like, there's a field that's not... Every cemetery's got fields that don't have people buried. So you don't have to, like, be trying to cuddle with the dead. I don't believe... Like, I wouldn't be scared of ghosts at all. You could just... This would be the same question as asking how much money would it take to spend the night in a field by yourself. Like, the cemetery mm-hmm. part doesn't, doesn't freak me. Um, but 
Because I worked in one, I know that there's always 24-hour security there too. So it's really a matter of the fact that you sleep on the grass. At this point, I guess a couple hundred dollars <laughs> wouldn't take that much. <laughs> what would you, would you have to be like a thousand or something? <laughs> I've slept in a cemetery because I've done a lot of overnight things there. Um, yeah, see, I so, think some people. So apparently well, the answer is like $15 an hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't feel so bad for saying only a couple hundred. I think oh, no, most like, people get freaked by the ghosts and I don't, that doesn't. Yeah, there's been times in my life where I would have gladly done that for free. Like there's, you know, we all have our moments where we've had to sleep in our cars. But like yeah. if it was, if we knew that we could have just pulled into a cemetery and slept there in our car, yeah, for free. Absolutely, I would have. I'm worried more about like rapists and bugs than ghosts. Yeah, I'd be more worried about the bugs. There's not a lot of rapists in cemeteries, I don't think. No? How do you know? Because there's always, I've never been to a cemetery that doesn't have 24-hour security. The security thing makes a difference, too. Yeah, because people are constantly trying to fuck with graves. And so they're just there to make sure no one fucks with graves. So if I was to show up to stalk you around a cemetery, they would definitely show up and be like, whatever's going on here has to stop. Okay, maybe I'd do it for $15 an hour, too. $20. $20. Oh, oh God. (laughs) Sleep for eight hours? Yeah, that's a good paycheck. Yeah, oh, great. (laughs) All right, Miss Murphy, hilarious, absolutely. I love you too. I have a question. This is off the air already. This is just for me to know. What uh, outside of your regular social media is there anything else you want me to plug when I do like the I do an outro at the end? Oh, uh, I have two albums on iTunes. People want to look for me. Hell yeah, I can plug that. I love Jen Murphy. Something I have never talked to uh, Jen about was the very first day I ever, I I moved to Los Angeles. The the day I got into town. My friend Charles Allen, who I should have on here. He's seen me only at my worst. I saw him at the John Lovitz Theater, which is now gone. And he was on that show with Jen Murphy. And then... The next day, I went to the improv and watched Jen Murphy. And then Jen actually was sitting at the bar, and she looked at me and went, are you a brand-new comic? And I said yes, and she like gave me some like good advice to just keep going up, all the things you tell a brand-new comic. But she was so sweet and so nice, and I was like, oh, my God, a real professional comedian's talking to me. You know, like, and I doubt she would remember that it was me because it's been like eight, nine years now. But but yeah, that meant a lot to me. And so then when I got to the point that I started doing well in front of Jen Murphy, because I remember doing a terrible bar show where I got heckled and I bombed really bad and Jen Murphy was there on that same bar show and I was like, oh no, oh no, I really wanted to win over this real comedian. And of course, nobody really cares. They just want to see you keep going and they want to see you persevere. And then... I started doing better and we started just having regular conversations and it was just like, there was a validation in that. Somebody who once upon a time was like, aren't you a real comic to being like, oh, there's my comic buddy. She's just one of those people that when you first meet, that first group of 
20, 30 comics you first meet, if uh, any of them are still around at this time, which Jen's one of them, Jamar Neighbors is another one. I like met them as soon as I started. Dave Gets Off is another one. And when I see them around, there's just something special. There's something extra special. Like, oh, they were around for my whole journey. And so thank you for that, Jen. You're great. Jen has albums out. I promised her I'd plug them. You can find them on uh, Amazon. Two albums on Amazon. Jen Murphy. Look them up. Uh, she's also on Spotify. Check her out. Or, you know, follow her on her social medias. At Jen Murphy. Regular J-E-N-M-U-R-P-H-Y. I'm at Aaron and Marsh on everything. Follow me as well. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, share this on your Instagram if you love it. And uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, Find a place in this world or never belong. I've got to be me. I gotta be me. What else can I be but what I am? I'll go it alone. That's how it must be. I can't be right for anyone else if I'm not right for me. I've got to be free. I gotta be free Daring to try to do it all